you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we recap another Orioles loss. It was another Orioles close loss against the Phillies, but they do lose the series as they fall 4-3 to in Philadelphia on Wednesday night. Going to get you the five things you need to know from that game, including a little bit of roster movement that the Orioles did before the game. Then we're going to take a look, speaking of roster moves, at one of the newest Orioles. That is Joey Crable, who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Rays earlier this week, a right-handed reliever who has just a little dabble of Major League time, but was pretty good in AAA with the Rays this season. Darren Vaught is going to join us. He is the voice of USA Baseball, but he has also called a good number of Durham Bulls games this season. Of course, the AAA affiliate for the Rays, where Crable has spent his entire year out of the bullpen. Darren's going to join us a little later to talk about Crable's 2021, what he brought to the Rays AAA team, and what he could bring to the Orioles. Then at the end of the pod, we'll talk a little bit more about Crable, where he could fit in as he is sent to AAA to start his time with the Orioles. And then we'll get you ready for game one of four between the Orioles and the Texas Rangers at Camden Yards, that series starting tonight. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by another show here on the network that is Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked on MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we start today with another Orioles close loss to the Philadelphia Phillies as the O's fall 4-3 in Philly on Wednesday night as the O's lose 2-3 of three in this series after you know they had won the first game 2-0, but it was back-to-back one-run losses to finish out the series. Orioles now 48-104 and on the season. Going to get you the five things you need to know from the game. And the first thing you need to know is that Keegan Aiken was honestly kind of good again for the Orioles as he got the start in this one. Aiken's final line, five and a third innings, one run on five hits. He struck out six. He walked one. He did not allow a long ball. Took him 90 pitches to get through the five and a third, and his ERA is now 6.63 on the season. And for Aiken, it was, you know, your usual Keegan Aiken. He goes 54% fastballs on the day, and that's his pitch, but he got some more swings and misses on that pitch once again. Aiken on the night had 11 whiffs, a solid number, and six of them came on that four-seam fastball. Now, the velocity was a little down. He's usually at 92 on the average. He was averaging 91. Now, he was up to 93 at times on the night, but fastball velocity was down about a mile per hour, but the stuff was still good from Aiken, and he basically turned into a fastball slider pitcher. It was 54% fastballs and then 30% sliders. He threw 27 sliders. He got three whiffs on that pitch. The pitch was in the zone. He was getting some swings and misses. And then he tossed in 14, or should say 13 changeups, and there was one curveball on the day, which is basically not in Aiken's repertoire at this point. Uh, but, you know, the changeup got a couple of whiffs as well. He looked pretty good. Fastball slider changeup combination, and especially kind of a, a fastball slider pitcher on the night. He was striking out righties, he was striking out lefties. So he got JT Romuto at one point. Six strikeouts and five and a third. Pretty good from Keegan Aiken, who seemed to be hiding the ball even better than he usually does. You know, he has that little hit 
hitch in his delivery where his arm kind of drags behind, not in a bad injury way, just more of his his hand kind of curls a bit, and you see it when you watch. He just has a little bit of deception from the left side. That really helped out that slider today, gave it a little extra late break. It felt like fooled hitters. He was pretty good in this one, I got to say. And for Keegan Aiken, you know, you start to look down the line uh, of this Orioles season. You start to look at how his season uh, has been going so far. And when you map it out for the rest of the year, he's definitely got one more start. And, you know, there's 10 games left. So it's iffy if he'll get two more starts. But the thought would be there's a potential there. Now, we're definitely going to see him one more time. We might see him two more times. But hopefully, you hope, he can build off of this to finish off his season, which has been so up and down. But this was definitely one of the ups for Keegan Aiken. Second thing you need to know from this one is that the Oriole bullpen just didn't do enough for him. And, you know, the bullpen was fantastic in Tuesday night's loss. It was a bullpen game. The O's were great. But uh, the bullpen kind of served this one up in this game. After Keegan Aiken got the first batter out in the sixth, uh, he then allowed a base runner and left the game with a runner on first and one out after he allowed Bryce Harper uh, to reach. He actually walked Harper there. And then Aiken came out of the game. In came Eric Hanhold, who actually got a key out in the eighth inning back on Tuesday night. But it was not the same for Hanhold in this one. JT Romuto hit a rocket shot to center field. Luckily, Cedric Mullins was there to catch it uh, for the second out. And then Andrew McCutcheon, I mean, Hanhold threw a 94-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle. McCutcheon hit a two-run homer. And uh, that put the Phillies up 2-1 to one at that point in the sixth inning after the Orioles had taken the lead on an Austin Hayes RBI double in the top of the sixth against Zach Wheeler. But, you know, the bullpen didn't get it done. And then, you know, the Orioles tied the game in the seventh. Trey Mancini RBI ground out to tie it at two. And in came Connor Green, who, you know, threw almost 25 pitches as he started the game and pitched the first inning in Tuesday's bullpen game. He came in there and he just did not look sharp. Ended up going just two-thirds of an inning, two runs on three hits, no strikeouts, one walk, and gave up the two runs in the seventh. Uh, it was a Gene Segura sack fly in that inning and then a JT Romuto RBI single the two runs that put them up four to two and that ended up you know being the difference as the Orioles got one in the eighth but couldn't get any more and and that was the difference in the game and it was Connor Green who you know got hit with the loss in this one but again just uh, just didn't look sharp on back-to-back days especially after throwing a lot of pitches um, on Tuesday and Brandon Hyde said he was going to be available I was surprised when Hyde said that before the game and then he just didn't look sharp after throwing that many pitches just one day before. Third thing you need to know from this one is that for the Orioles, you know, there was another guy who at least got a positive out of the bullpen. That was Brooks Kriske, who made his Orioles debut in this one. He came in for Connor Green with runners on the corners and two down in the bottom of the seventh inning with the Orioles trailing by a score of four to two. And Kriske came in and uh, got himself an out. The only batter he faced in the entire game, uh, he ended up coming into the game to face Andrew McCutcheon through three pitches, got him out. That was it for Brooks Kriske. So he's got a zero ERA with the Orioles, a scoreless third of an inning for Kriske. Of course, the O's claimed off waivers from the Yankees last week, uh, got called up this week and made his debut. So good for him. And uh, Fernando Abad followed him up with a scoreless inning, but hopefully we'll see Kriske uh, go more than one batter in the future to kind of get a read on him. But, hey, at least uh, the first batter worked out for Kriske in terms of pitching for the Orioles. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is that uh, Austin Hayes did it again. You know, no other other way to say it, but uh, 
he continues to get the the big hits for the Orioles. He gave the O's the lead in the sixth inning with an RBI double down the line. Uh, you know, he did strike out twice on the day, or he struck out once on the day, I should say, and he had a walk as well. He got that RBI double to give the O's the lead. Of course, they coughed it up immediately, but kind of the same thing as Tuesday night. Gave the Orioles the lead with an RBI double in the top of the 10th. Of course, the Orioles gave up two in the bottom of the 10th, but for Austin Hayes, the bat continues to go the right way. And, you know, with Cedric Mullins hitting it well and a couple of guys starting to swing it a little better, it went well for Austin Hayes once again. Now, he wasn't the only guy who had it going in this lineup. You know, a bunch of guys had hits. Uh, you look at the starting lineup and, you know, you take out Keegan Aiken, you know, with the pitcher hitting, and it was six of the eight starters. Only Mount Castle McKenna had a hit. Pat Vileka had two hits on the day. Uh, Vileka almost could have tied the game. You know, he came up. Uh, with the runner on second and two down in the top of the eighth after Pedro Severino's RBI double had made it a 4-3 to three game. Vileka hit a single to right field, but uh, no speed from Severino. Bryce Harper came up firing and gunned down Severino at the plate. It wasn't even that close, so the Orioles were you know, kind of close, I guess, to tying the game if they had more speed on second, but you know, Vileka did have two hits. The Orioles did have seven hits. It just was not enough, but again, it was Austin Hayes. Got that key hit. He continues to stay hot down the stretch this season. It's just great to see. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one is Jemai Jones is back. Came off the bench, pinch hitting in the pitcher spot with two outs and nobody on in the top of the ninth inning against the Phillies closer Ian Kennedy. And Jones worked a fantastic plate appearance. Maybe the best one I've seen him have since the Orioles called him up. It was an eight-pitch walk to keep that inning alive and get on with two outs. Cedric Mullins followed it up with a walk to get first and second. And then Ryan Mountcastle had a long, almost 10-pitch battle with Kennedy before he eventually flew out just in front of the warning track in right field that eventually ended the game as Kennedy had to throw 32 pitches to get the save in the ninth inning. But the reason I bring up Jones, not just because it was a great plate appearance to uh, start what could have been potentially and was for a bit a rally for the Orioles. But Jemai Jones is back in the big leagues because the Orioles made roster moves before Wednesday's game, and that was something else to know. They recalled Jemai Jones after you know sending him down to AAA after he had a, a 164 ERA in a couple of weeks in the big leagues. They also recalled Connor Wade from AAA Norfolk, the right-hander who has been up and down with the Orioles a couple times this year. Wade has an 11-4-2 ERA and eight and two-thirds innings with the Orioles, but has a 2.96 ERA in 73 innings at AAA Norfolk this year. So he's earned these call-ups. It's just not going well at the big league level, but Connor Wade is back in terms of a long relief arm for the Orioles. They also officially uh, put Ramon Arias on the injured list. We know he's kind of been in and out of the lineup the last couple of days. Looks like Ramon Arias's season is over. He goes on the IL with a right adductor strain. Now, it's just the 10-day IL, but there's basically only, you know, really when you look at it, about 10, 11 days left on the season. And so Arias, most likely his season is probably done, but it ends pretty well for Ramon Arias. He ends up with a 279 average in 85 games, 296 plate appearances. He had a 361 on base, 412 slugging, a 114 WRC plus. It's pretty good. A 1.7 war, according to fan graphs. He had seven home runs on the season for the Orioles. He had 14 doubles. He played a solid second base, shortstop, and third base. Very impressive first full season with the Orioles for Ramon Arias. And maybe he'll get an even bigger sample size than the 85 games and the 300 plate appearances in 2022. But what Arias has done is, with this year, secure himself a spot on the 2022 Orioles and a chance to be you know, maybe a fifth, fourth utility infielder of the future 
Nice job by him. Uh, Orioles also did DFA Cesar Valdez after he blew the save uh, in the 10th inning on Tuesday night. They've already DFA'd him once this year. I don't think anyone's going to claim him. They didn't claim him last time. He'll probably end up back in AAA Norfolk. And then the last move the Orioles made, they optioned Joey Crable to AAA Norfolk. Now, they hadn't made a decision on what they would do with him since they claimed him off waivers from the Rays earlier in the week, but it's official. He will start with the Orioles in AAA, but he'll probably be in the big leagues sooner rather than later. And that's who we want to talk about coming up after the break. Is Joey Crable, the right-handed pitcher who the O's claimed from the Tampa Bay Rays off waivers this week. And joining us to talk about him is Darren Vaught, who is mostly the play-by-play voice of USA Baseball, but also, while he's down there in Durham, calls a lot of Durham Bulls games. They are the AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays, and they are also the team that Joey Crable has pitched for out of the bullpen in all of 2021. And Darren has seen a lot of Joey Crable this season, and he joins us to talk about his stuff on the mound, his role with the Rays, him getting to the big leagues with the Rays briefly, and what he could bring to the Orioles. So that's all coming up with Darren Vaught, who's called a lot of Durham Bulls games this season. We're going to talk about the newest Orioles right-handed pitcher, Joey Crable. That's coming up after the break. So we'll learn about the newest Orioles right-handed pitcher in just a second. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Molecule Mattress. And when I heard how many elite athletes sleep on a Molecule Mattress and call it their best sleep ever, well, I had to find out for myself. And I'm no athlete. I do uh, play softball on Tuesday nights and went 0 for 2 back on Tuesday. And yeah, I do uh, have some issues with sleep as well. But Molecule Sleep Scientists literally created the world's most perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch. It has six times the airflow of any old mattress. It has zone reflex layers that adjust with you in all your weird sleep positions. And Molecule Mattress is how elite athletes and anyone just like you can get the best sleep ever. And you can sleep on your Molecule Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, you can just return it. So visit OnMolecule.com and save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, save 20% with the promo code LOCKEDON at OnMolecule.com. All right, so we welcome Darren Vaught into the podcast. He is, among many things, the voice of USA Baseball, but also play-by-play broadcaster who has called a good number of Durham Bulls games this season. They are the AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. And Darren, first of all, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Connor. Uh, Thanks for the invite. And so we have you on to talk about uh, the newest Oriole right-handed pitcher. That is Joey Crable, who the Orioles claimed off waivers from the Rays on Tuesday afternoon. And I got to admit it, Darren, like I am pretty tuned into baseball 
um, to guys who make their major league debuts. And for somebody who has pitched in three major league games, I had never heard of Crable. And, you know, some of that has to do with the fact that the Rays system is so stacked that it's hard to know a lot of the guys that are there. And, you know, he pitched in two games for the D-backs in 2018 at the end of the year. So kind of flew under the radar there as well. But, you know, a lot of Orioles fans kind of felt the same thing. It's like, oh, he's on the Rays. We should know this guy, but we don't. So kind of what is the pitcher profile of Joey Crable from at least what you have seen of him? Yeah, well, I mean, especially in terms of what the O's need and could certainly use, uh, suffice it to say, he's a quality arm. He's a good pitcher. Uh, just made his Rays debut shortly before he was DFA'd by the organization. Um, you know, he's 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 just solid, and and I, I I imagine we'll we'll sort of get into this like, okay, why why do the Rays feel the need to DFA him? And and I've got a theory about that, and it sort of is wrapped around like he's just. He's just solid, and it sounds ridiculous that the Rays would would let go of a guy who's who's like that. But you mentioned their embarrassment of riches. I mean, when you can promote, wait until this point in the season to promote a guy like Shane Boz, who I think is probably going to get a postseason start for the Rays. Um, you just have a lot of good players, right? Uh, but Crable's solid, man. He, he he, you know, he'll hit mid nineties with his fastball. He's fastball changeup slider. His changeup, I believe, is what scouts would tell you is is his best pitch. Um, and he's just, man, he's solid. He's he's cut down on his walks this year by a pretty good margin. I think he was like fifty two Ks to nine walks in in forty something innings for the Bulls this year, um, which is you know a career high ratio. Um, for him and, and, you know, he was, he was good previously in the minors, obviously prior to this season. Um, so yeah, no, he, he mixes it up a little bit with those three pitches, um, you know, mid nineties, he topped out, I believe probably 97 this year with his fastball. So you, you go back to why the Rays would DFA him. It sounds crazy, but you know, slightly above average major league fastball the Rays like a pitcher who can do one thing exceptionally well and they sort of utilize that to their advantage he does he does a number of things you know pretty at a pretty good level um so I guess maybe they just didn't couldn't envision a spot for him but Crable's a, a good dude to have around a team for sure um played in high school with Brett Phillips of the Rays actually so they're both from Seminole High School um, which I think is probably it probably adds to the reasoning that Rays fans thought the team might have been so high on him, right? The success story that Phillips has been, uh, sort of a hometown guy. He's got a lot of charisma. Uh, I think they're two years apart, but they did play together in high school. So I think, you know, that generated some buzz. Um, and 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 it showed like Rays fans were excited when he made his Rays big league debut and what you thought was going to turn out to be one of many cool moments for him in that Rays uniform. And boom, there you go. He's, he's off to the O's. It's, it's something the Rays have done multiple times this year. You mentioned he comes up on the 18th. He pitches one scoreless inning actually wasn't like it was a low leverage spot. He came in, the Rays were down four to three in the top of the ninth. Uh, he pitched a scoreless inning. He had two strikeouts first battery face for the Rays. He strikes out Miguel Cabrera. So that's not, that's not too bad to have on your resume right there, but you know, he was basically a guy, it seemed like they put him on the 40 man because they needed a reliever for a day. 
And then it was on to the next and they DFA'd him. And the Orioles, you know, ended up claiming him. The same thing happened with Chris Ellis earlier this season where he was with Durham. He got called up. The Rays used him for four innings against the Orioles. They DFA'd him. And Chris Ellis is now a important part of the Orioles starting rotation. So kind of the next question is, you know, can Crable do that because he's going to get just like Ellis, he's going to get a real chance with the Orioles, not a one game chance. He's going to get a real chance. So, you know, it looks like he's not going to be a starter. He's going to be a reliever. That's what he's been pretty much his whole career. But, you know, if given this chance, kind of what role do you feel like he could fill into in a major league bullpen? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's a solid middle relief guy inning or two where you need it pretty much anywhere you put him. I I think if not for being a Ray this season, he probably would have been up sooner, probably would have gotten some more of those, those medium to, to high leverage situations to pitch into. I think if, you know, if the Rays had it their way, they maybe could get him to throw a little bit harder and bring him into a sort of a, a, a pseudo closer at times role would have been somewhere you kind of like to see him. Um, he's an interesting, like when you watch Crable, he, he's got character in his, in his delivery. He does this thing where, you know, he'll, he'll kick. And then, you know, the glove tap that all of our middle school coaches tell us to avoid when you're fielding a ground ball because it wastes time and you get you you, you have to shuffle your feet one once more uh, before you throw it to first base or, or what have you uh, well Crable does that in his delivery and I don't know how exactly that plays in terms of deceit to a batter I'd actually be interested to to pick the brain of like a, a Pete me show the, the tides broadcaster to see what he's learned from guys because Crable's seen the tides a lot um including in some games that I've called. Um, but, you know, if nothing else, it's got character, and we love that in a closer or a, a late-game reliever. Um, I don't know that he's he's as much it, – it's not, you know, borderline psychotic like it would be some closers we've seen. But it's cool. It's a cool delivery, right? And it's something that, you know, if he performs well, you can envision a young Orioles fan sort of mimicking it in the backyard, that sort of thing. Um, but that being said, it's, it's just been interesting the way that those pitchers have been, it's mainly the Rays dumping quality arms because they, they don't have enough room for all of them, it seems, but, you know, I can think of a guy that, uh, was a tied for most of the season. And then a week later at one point was a Durham bull, Sean Armstrong. Um, another guy who's just kind of he's been a tweener for, for a long time and hasn't been able to find that break. So hopefully this is it with Crable. And, and in the past couple of years, you know, he came up in 2018 and was, yeah, had some, it was a couple of starts in, in 2019 with, um, or not starts, but you know, in 2019, he was, he was up maybe briefly, but was largely a triple a player in the D backs organization and I think he really had some momentum heading into 2020. And I'm sure this has been the case for a lot of guys. He didn't get put on an alternate training camp site for, for the team that he was with the twins at the time. Um, so it sort of stunted some, some momentum and he's been able to get that back. So I think this, the, the Orioles setup that he's in is going to be his first real chance to get a lot of consistent, frequent big league reps. Um, and I think it will bode well for him. 
And he's a guy who's just been around. You know, you mentioned he was drafted out of high school by the Angels all the way back in 2011. He was a 12th round pick and he was in the Angels system for three years. He went to Arizona in the Joe Thatcher trade at the 2014 deadline, uh, a very kind of more low scale move, I would bet at that point. Um, and then was with Arizona forever and, you know, got that that cup of coffee you talked about uh, before his time there ended. And this is his his first year with the Rays pitching, you know, 44 games, a 419 ERA with Durham. Did, did you learn anything, you know, from him or just are hearing about, you know, his time in the minors? Because I know he did eventually get there first with Arizona, but that was still seven years in the minors for two games. And then it was three more years in the minors before he got one more game. And, and I feel like guys like that have, you know, interesting stories behind them when, you know, Crable's going to get his first shot to be in the big leagues, probably with the Orioles at 28 years old, which is a lot later than most of the guys get that shot. Yeah. And especially to have been taken out of high school, right? You, you think a guy like that at 18 years old, you can't fathom your opportunity coming 10 years from now or, or what have you. Um, I, I find Crable in limited interaction, of course, because of a, a, a COVID impacted season. Um, I find him to be a, a guy with pretty good perspective. And I would hope so uh, after a, a slog in the minors for, for 10 years before really getting this opportunity. And I think being on this particular Bulls team probably helped with that just because you have so many guys who, I mean, look, anywhere else they could be regular big leaguers. Um, but he's in a dugout or all the time with uh, Brent Honeywell Jr. and um, some guys like that. And obviously the big prospects, Wander Franco and uh, Joe Ryan and Shane Boz have been on this team for the majority of the season. Ryan before being traded to the Twins and making his debut up with them. But um, he, Crable, even with that head of steam heading into 2020 that I had talked about, um, went back to Seminole after you know he learned that basically he was not going to have a season in 2020 and sort of you know he described it as like took some time and he probably did some like some fishing and just like chilling out trying to get his his head right and um it, it seemed to me when talking about it and i think this was the case for a, a lot of people in in sort of weird in between situations kind of maybe even contemplated, okay, well, how much further do I push it? So then this season comes, you know, February, I think is when he signed with the Rays and, and was designated to the, this AAA team. And um, again, just this assemblance of talent in Durham seems to have brought out the best in a lot of these guys. And, you know, I can't imagine being in, in a clubhouse with, Wander Franco before he gets called up. Vidal Bruhan, who's been incredible to be around this season. Josh Lowe, uh, you know, they have the rehab stints that the Rays utilize in Durham have just been crazy. Like Manuel Margot's down for a week here or there. Mike Brasso has been down, 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 not even rehabbing for a lot of the season. Um, and, and that's a guy that, you know, is, is good to be around. Um, the, the bullpen in particular, it's just been a lot of guys piecing it together. Um, you know, Chris Archer's back or, or has been with, with the team for a lot of the year and he's got some good perspective. So I would imagine a lot of that 
sort of lent itself to Crable gaining some perspective, furthering some perspective in this pursuit of, you know, hopefully finally getting, getting a good chance to be a regular big leaguer. And, and we know that to be quite honest, if the Orioles played against the Durham Bulls uh, over a, you know, 10, 12, 19, 20 game sample, like the Bulls could take some games from the Orioles. There's some talent down there because the Rays have like a t- a full team and a half of major league ready players, probably um, both at the major league level and in their system. And the other thing for Orioles fans is like, you see Joey Crable. I know if I didn't know who he was, a lot of other Orioles fans didn't know who he was, but you see Rays and you see pitcher who has pitched at the big league level with the Rays. And you think there's something here. And that was the exact reaction to Chris Ellis, who many people didn't know all of a sudden He's been the best Orioles starter not named John Meade since he came to the Orioles. And so the hope is that something kind of similar happens with Crable. And uh, Darren, thank you so much uh, for joining us to, to tell us about him. And again, you know, kind of a another guy, put him on the long list of guys who weren't getting a shot with other organizations. And the Orioles here in 2021 said, come on in, we'll claim you, and we will let you seriously showcase yourself at the major league level. And, and hopefully, just like with Ellis, uh, it works out for Crable here this year. Yeah, no, thanks again, Connor. And for Joey's sake, I I hope it does work out. Um, I think he's got good stuff. It could certainly be put to use for the Orioles, who, by the way, I think three or four years from now are going to be sort of maybe not raised like quite yet, but, you know, they're, they're coming. Adley's my guy. So I've been on, I've been on Adley Rutschman watch all year. So we'll get back to the Orioles talk in just a bit, but first, Back and better than ever. That describes betonline.ag. As all eyes are on the gridiron, as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use that promo code NFL100. And while you're there, also plug in the promo code LOCKEDON so they know that we sent you. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using rockauto.com, and it's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And really, here's the best part. rockauto.com's prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you could possibly need, from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. The other good thing for me, I know nothing about cars, but I can go on rockauto.com, find what I need quickly and easily, and for a good price. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On Orioles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com 
So our thanks again to Darren Vaught, the voice of USA Baseball, who is also, uh, while in Durham, where the USA Baseball headquarters are, has also called many a Durham Bulls game this year. Of course, the AAA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. And that is where Joey Crable has spent basically the entirety of his 2021 season pitching out of the Bulls bullpen. Again, Crable, you know, 28 years old, he'll be 29 in December, a right-hander who was a 12th round pick of the Angels out of high school in 2011, pitched in the Angels system, pitched in the D-back system. Again, did make it to the bigs with Arizona, pitched in two games, worked three scoreless innings uh, near the end of the 2018 season with the Diamondbacks, uh, and then was signed by Tampa this offseason as a minor league free agent, and he gets to the big leagues once again with the Rays here in 2021, pitches one inning over the weekend. Uh, against the Detroit Tigers, pitched the top of the ninth of a 4-3 game. Scoreless inning, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts, uh, struck out Miguel Cabrera swinging to start the inning, struck out Dustin Garneau swinging to end the inning. And that's what we've got from, you know, Joey Crable at this point. You know, he's a, he's a fastball slider guy with a changeup he likes to use as well. And uh, we'll see what the Orioles can do with him. You know, it looks like he's... Uh, most likely going to get a pretty good shot in the Orioles' bullpen through the end of the year. If we learned anything, especially from Tuesday night's bullpen game, uh, when the Orioles were walked off on by the Phillies, is that you know the Orioles have some relievers that are good, and, and you know they'd like to have a little bit better options, especially with guys they counted on this year, like Paul Fry down in AAA, Tanner Scott on the IL, and, and Dylan Tate seemingly kind of uh, going through a rough patch here. The Orioles are basically banking on Cole Salser and Tyler Wells right now. And even Wells, you know, he did, uh, has worked back-to-back scoreless innings. But before that, you know, had blown two pretty big saves for the Orioles. So they'll take the bullpen help they can get right now. And that is coming uh, from Joey Crable. Again, those AAA numbers this year, obviously, you know, much more telling for him. It was 44 appearances out of the Bulls bullpen, 43 innings, did have four saves. He had a 4.19 ERA uh, in the 43 innings, just 38 hits. That's a pretty good number. 52 strikeouts to just nine walks. That's a fantastic number. Did give up eight home runs. Really, those eight homers, kind of the only reason the ERA is up to 419. Uh, but he has pitched much, much better than that on the season, and uh, I think a, a good addition. You know what? It worked out getting Chris Ellis, as we talked about uh, with Darren Voth there. Hopefully it works out getting uh, Joey Crable, you know, not a guy who has much major league experience, still has options, not arbitration eligible till 2024, not a free agent till 2027, all that good stuff. And again, he is older, you know, when the, if the Orioles keep him around, you know, he'll be 29 when the 2022 season starts, when, you know, they might want a, another look at him next year. But hey, you know what? It's another guy to add to the bullpen. And when you take a guy from the Rays, uh, things usually work out for you because, they didn't really DFA him because he was bad. They DFA'd him because they need space for other really good players. That's where the Rays are right now with their 40-man roster. But, you know, we'll see when Joey Crable is added to this roster and when he does uh, make his debut with the Orioles here. But uh, in terms of the Orioles tonight, uh, they start a four-game series with the Texas Rangers. And, uh, yeah, two of the worst teams in baseball are... Uh, taken on each other tonight. Now, the uh, prospects of a baseball game a little bit in danger, at least looking at the weather forecast as of recording here on Wednesday. Uh, I know the weather forecast wasn't looking good for Wednesday, not looking good for Thursday either, but hopefully they get this game in. Although, plenty of time for a doubleheader with the four-game series and it just being game one, but it's a 7.05 p.m. Eastern time start, and uh, the Rangers who come in on the season 55 and 96 on the year hasn't been pretty for them uh 
probably no chance they catch the Orioles for the uh, number one pick situation, but they are heading towards 100 losses, and they're going to send the 25-year-old right-hander Glenn Otto to the mound against the Orioles tonight. Otto will make his fifth major league appearance so far this year. He's got a 9.37 ERA, but he does have 19 strikeouts in 16 and a third innings. His last start came on the 16th against Houston. He worked three and a third innings, got hit around bad. Seven runs on seven hits, three Ks and four walks. Actually, the previous start before that was really bad as well. He gave up eight runs over three and a third in that one against Oakland. Uh, Otto, a guy who actually... Came over at the trade deadline. He was a Yankees prospect for a while, was Glenn Otto, who's a fifth-round pick of the Yankees out of Rice back in 2017. And uh, he came over in the Joey Gallo trade at the trade deadline this year, and uh, the Rangers basically brought him essentially all the way up to the big leagues. You know, he is 25 already, but still a guy the, the Yankees were excited about and a guy that the Rangers are also excited about. Four-pitch guy, fastball, slider, curveball, and changeup. You're going to mostly see him use fastball, slider. You combine uh, those two pitches, and you get about 80 to 85% of what he's going to throw out there. The four-seamer is, you know, 92, 93, maybe 94. Uh, the slider, though, is his strikeout pitch. 14 of his 19 strikeouts at the big league level have come with that slider uh, he throws it about 38% of the time so far in the bigs. It's about a 80 to 81 mile per hour pitch that he will throw. And uh, that's what he's going to try to get you to swing and miss at. So uh, that's what the Orioles will be facing tonight. And then we'll be back with you on the podcast here tomorrow. We'll recap game one between the Orioles and the Rangers. If it uh, does happen, if the rain doesn't wash it out and get you the five things uh, you need to know from game one of this series. And then we're going to look ahead to the final three games of the series coming up over the weekend. And we're going to be joined by Bryce Patrick back on the podcast. He is the host of Locked On Rangers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's been on this pod a few times before. We're going to do a little crossover episode uh, to talk about kind of this series. We'll look at the pitching matchups. We'll look at the players who are, you know, red hot for each of these teams. And then we'll kind of do a little bit of talk just about, you know, where the Rangers are versus where the Orioles are in terms of their rebuilds, in terms of what they've done in 2021, and in terms of, you know, what they'll look like next year and when each of these teams could be competitive once again. So I think it'll be a good conversation on the podcast tomorrow uh, to really take a look at, you know, the O's and the Rangers, kind of compare the Orioles to another rebuilding team in the American League. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.